South and West. Kevin Slayton with you on this Wednesday morning. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. KevinSlaytonShow.com. Now, 
Yesterday, if you heard us live, that's fine. But if you were looking for the podcast on this website, on Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, Spotify, you didn't find it. You know why? It wasn't their fault. It was my fault. I neglected to hit the record button yesterday, and therefore we only had a live show. But a buddy of mine texted me five minutes ago, and he said, hit record. I had just hit it before he texted, so we're on the same page today. The podcast will be up, up and running today. You got to love it, right? Technology and Kevin Slayton. They were never meant to be married, only to be fighting at each other's throats forever. It's a sad romantic tale, and it has a bad ending. I hate it. It hates me. At least we're even. Which is more than I can say for Biden's mental stability or the people on The View. Wait to hear some of that today. But before I get into any of that, I want to talk about a guy who passed away yesterday, Mari Wills. Now, some people may say, well, who's Mari Wills? If you were a baseball fan and you were growing up in the 60s, you know who Mari Wills is. He played shortstop for the Dodgers. He set the all-time base-stealing record in 1962 of 104 steals, surpassing the legendary Ty Cobb's record of 96. In that particular year, Mari was MVP of the National League. He scored 130 runs, which is outrageous. While stealing 104 bases, he was only caught 13 times. Think about that percentage. They know he's going to run. He runs anyway, and they still can't get him. 104 in 113 attempts. Even the legendary Lou Brock, when he broke Maury Wills' record in 1974 with his 118, Lou didn't score 130 runs. But Maury Wills did. Can you believe that? 130 runs only getting caught 13 times. And Maury was 89 yesterday when he died. And probably outside of L.A., there won't be a lot said about him. But he was the kind of player that got you excited about baseball. And as I mentioned, lose 118 steals, he was caught 33 times. So 104 steals caught 13 times. That's Maury Wills. He revolutionized the game at the time. It has now descended back into the abyss with a home run derby every night. You don't have players like Maury Wills who excited the fans, whose style of play was aggressive. You'd go to the game every night thinking, is Maury going to steal tonight? And as soon as he got on base, just like with Lou Brock, the stadium came alive. There aren't very many people you can say that about. As soon as they got on base, the stadium came alive. But Maury Wills was one of them. And a very quiet man kept to himself. After retirement, you never heard from him. As far as I know, Maury didn't do any media stuff. But he was the stir, or the straw that stirred the Dodger drink back in the 60s. He made them go under Walter Alston. They didn't score a lot of runs, except for him. 
They didn't hit for a lot of power. They had great pitching, and they had Mari Wills. He will be missed. All of the greats seem to be leaving us these days. 89 years old. Mari, rest in peace. We have a lot of ground to cover for you today. Wait do you hear the pure arrogance of this sunny host in Houston. When I say pure arrogance, you've never heard arrogance like this woman. You truly haven't. But you will today. You're going to hear it today. You're going to hear a lot of lies from these people. You're going to hear Dr. Whoopi Goldberg explain why the pandemic is not over. And you're going to hear a host of libs, including Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General, say, well, here's what Biden was really saying when he said the pandemic is over. Well, we know what he was saying. Perhaps the greatest takedown of all time occurred on CNN. Don Lamont, who's been, I think, banished to the mornings over at CNN, made the mistake of letting his racism show to an English woman when he talked about King Charles III owing reparations to blacks. Can you be any more racist and bizarre than this guy? Wait till you hear her takedown. I don't use the word epic, but I'm using it now. It was epic, and you'll hear it here. David Limbaugh, Russia's brother. Pretty brilliant guy in his own right, an attorney, an author. Has some very poignant things to say about our country and where we're headed. Where are we headed? That nitwit sheriff down in Texas, Javier Salazar, is now claiming that these migrants could easily have been cooks and waiters <laughs> down in San Antonio. He's hungry. Open the border. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> it's almost too funny to believe when these liberals start talking. Joy Behor has the ideal ticket for the Democrats in 2024. You're going to hear that, too. And a lot more. But first, I want you to know about Green Envy, if you don't already know about them. They service my yard, my bushes, my shrubs, and they do a spectacular job for very little money. It's a great combination. And because of them, I have the best-looking yard in the subdivision. That's not me. It's not a pat on my back because I don't do anything. Occasionally water. Probably should water more than I do. But Green Envy took care of it. 636-757-1600. They were just out the other day, in fact. 636-757-1600. And when my bushes and shrubs got sick, they got some sort of a virus. COVID. How dare Biden say the pandemic is over. My bushes beg to differ. Green Envy came out and cured it. 636-757-1600. They will do the same for you. The absolute same for you. Well, our phone lines are always open for you. 636-538-0746. You can join the show. And you can have fun with it. But boy, if you come here and you have your opinions, oh, I hope they are backed up by facts and evidence. That's what we do. We back up what we say with facts and evidence. We use the words of these people in power to make monkeys out of them. And it's not hard. Not hard at all. But it's there. 
And remember, the only reason we have migrants crossing in record numbers now, over 2 million in this fiscal year alone, is because they're coming from different countries now. They're not coming from the countries Biden thought they'd be coming from. Can you imagine this SOB actually trying to make that a claim? Remember, Venezuela, Moderna down there, or is that his name? I can't even think if that's his name. Am I thinking of the pharmaceutical company? But this guy has opened the prisons, let all the criminals out because he knows they're going to come here. Do you know what the number is of terrorists who've crossed this border? These are people they've caught. These aren't just guesses. The terrorist screening database, 78 encounters in fiscal year 2022. Last year, 15. When Donald Trump was president, here are the four years of terrorists crossing the border. Two, six, zero, three. Biden's first two years, 15, 78. So those terrorists are in this country plotting who knows what. Maduro, I said Moderna. It's Maduro. (laughs) Hey, Maduro, Moderno, Pfizer, criminal. It's all the same. Can you imagine that? In Donald Trump's four years, let's try to digest those numbers for a moment if we can, because it's hard to digest them. 11 crossings of terrorists in four years as president. Biden had 15 his first year, 78 this year, and we've got a month to go. Do you think they're having tea? Do you think they're just sitting around at happy hour talking about Mari Will's death? Maybe they're wondering, how will the Cardinals clinch the division if they can't win another game? Well, the answer is, you silly terrorist, the Brewers lose all their games. That's how. Don't be ridiculous. But they're here, and my guess is Maury Wills isn't the topic. Neither are the Cardinals. And Biden let them in. It's a danger, folks. You know, we, the, the Democrats try to distract you so badly that you don't even think about the border. Of course, it's easy to be distracted. Inflation, grocery prices, gas prices, an idiot, the economy's tanking, the stock market's tanking, your 401ks are gone. So it's easy to be distracted away from the border by this incompetent boob who the liberals want, want to sell you on the idea that he's had such a wonderful summer of legislative successes. He hasn't had one. I want anybody who thinks he has to break down one of those bills for me and tell me how good it is for American people. Go ahead. I dare you. I dare you. All it will do is shoot the deficit through the sky. By the way, when he starts to talk about how he's trimmed the deficit by $1.5 trillion, and they keep saying that, that's another lie. The money that was allocated for COVID that was called back is the $1.5 trillion. So he's claiming, well, we reduced the deficit that much. No, you didn't. That was never part of the deficit, jackass. In fact, all the economic people said when Biden took over as a result of Trump's work, 
that the deficit would be coming down tremendously in the first year, year and a half of his regime, and it hasn't even come close to what the prognosticators said, even with stealing the $1.5 trillion in COVID relief. It's a nightmare of lies, and it doesn't stop, and it got even worse after he said the pandemic was over. So he had to dispatch Dr. Vivek Murphy, Murthy, M-U-R-T-H-Y, the Surgeon General, to try to make excuses for what he actually said. What the president's reflecting is the fact that we've made tremendous progress against COVID-19. We're in a very different place now than we were at the beginning of this pandemic. Is that what he was reflecting? Because I thought by reflecting he said the pandemic is over. But Vivek Murthy says he was reflecting that we're in a different place. I didn't think he was reflecting at all. Anybody see him reflect? He said the pandemic is over. That's what he said. But then he trotted out that little nitwit, the black lesbian, to do his bidding for him. And Karine Jean-Pierre, I would ask you one question. Was the president clear when he was speaking? The president said, and he was very clear in his 60 Minutes interview, that uh, you know COVID remains a problem and we're fighting it. What he believes is we can acknowledge uh, that uh, the, the ma- massive amount of progress that we have made. Is that what he said? He said we can believe the massive amount of progress we've made? I didn't hear him say that. He said it was over. Now, you and I, rational thinkers, we know it's been over since it started. In fact, it was never here. It was a virus, but it wasn't a deadly virus. No deadlier than the flu, no deadlier than pneumonia. But the fear mongers knew that that was their ticket to perhaps unseating Donald Trump. And that's why they pushed it. But down in Florida and other places, they haven't they haven't been living in a pandemic mood in a long time. Now, we still have dolts, donkeys, who walk around with masks on their faces. All the liberals trotted out to every microphone they could find in order to say, well, he really wasn't saying this. Because keep this in mind, the liberals need COVID like you and I need oxygen. If they don't have COVID... They can't steal more money, spend more money. They can't steal elections with mail-in ballots. They can't do a host of things that they're up to. They desperately need COVID, and they pretty much admitted it. The pandemic is not over, and we need to really double down and ensure that everybody gets vaccinated. 400 people a day is still a lot of people. Uh, If that were a terrorist attack, we'd be turning ourselves upside down to do something about it. So we do need additional funds. To, to keep it down, to keep it uh, from uh, uh, coming back. That's Fauci's boss, that last guy. First guy was a political hack. He wants everybody vaccinated, and this clown says 400 people are dying per day from COVID. That is an out-and-out, bold-faced lie. The numbers of people that died from COVID, not with COVID, from COVID, are astronomically low. If I stub my toe and break it, and later on in the day I die, I succumb finally to cancer that I've been fighting for six years. I don't have cancer. I'm using it as an analogy. Would they say on my birth certi- or my death certificate that I died from a broken toe? 
No. But they'll say that about COVID. If you die and you have cancer and you've been fighting and your doctor's giving you two weeks to live, then you contract COVID and you die, they said you died from COVID. That's a lie. And the continuing lies, you heard that asshat, 400 a day, if we said that was a terrorist attack, we'd be going crazy. Well, you are crazy. And I'm not crazy enough to believe you. Neither are right-thinking kinds of people. But, you know, better than KJP, Karine Jean-Pierre, better than Joe Biden, Wuhan Willie Otella Biden himself, better than Dr. Fauci, better than all these liberals like Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General, and all the crappy liberal Congress people, I prefer to listen to Dr. Whoopi Goldberg explain the mystery that is COVID. We're still in it. You know, we, we're not we're not losing people the way we were. We have ways to fight it now. It's a it's a, a great thing, but you know. But you know, it's a great thing. <laughs> we have ways to fight it. We had ways to fight it all along. But people like you tried to cancel people who suggested that ivermectin works, hydroxychloroquine works, natural immunity works. We had those things all along. Those weren't new. They weren't just developed for COVID. And then if you believed in it, you had a vaccine to take. So you had plenty of things. But, you know, as Dr. Whoopi says, it has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Dr. Whoopi Goldberg. John Thune is a senator, a Republican senator. Not my favorite guy. Not my favorite guy at all. But I would ask him, do Dems use the pandemic to get more funding and, in fact, get everything they want? They've used the, uh, the pandemic as a rationale for extending the uh, bailout of student loans and to the tune of blowing up about a trillion dollars in spending. But if he's going to argue the pandemic's over, I think getting additional COVID support uh, will be a very heavy lift. It'll be a very heavy lift. Now, for one, I'm I'm sick and tired of all the lies. Maybe I'm just noticing it more in the past seven years, how these Democrats lie about everything. Maybe I'm just noticing it more how the media jumps into their lie wagon and carries their bucket of lies for them, the agenda-driven media. I'm reading Jared Kushner's new book called Breaking History, and in it he describes a phone call that he received from um, Savannah Guthrie, who's on the Today Show. This was on Election Day morning 2016. And the phone call went something like this, as I'll paraphrase it. She said to Jared, I'm sorry to break it to you, but it's going to be a horrible result tonight for Donald Trump. To which he responded, our information tells us differently. We'll see what happens, and hung up. It's incredible. That's how these people are. She was she was giddy, or as Al Sharpton would say, jitty. She was all jitty. He actually said that, by the way. 
at the prospect of Donald Trump losing in 2016. It made her day. So much so that she called Jared Kushner to rub it in his face. Except the only rubbing was done by him in her face. But he's too classy of a guy to call her up and say, I told you so, wench. But that's how they are. And that's how the media is. They are, you can't say that they're unwitting accomplices. They are willing accomplices to the Democratic agenda, which is destroy the country, control the people, remain in power forever. Make everyone dependent on the welfare state. Because when that happens, they own you. They've got you. But you get tired of the lies, don't you? A CNBC host, CNBC, you can't get any more liberal, had Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the failed mayor of South Bend, Indiana. That's right. He ran South Bend, Indiana into the ground. He's now the Treasury Secretary only because he's gay. If he were straight, he wouldn't be anything. And the liberal host basically told Buttigieg, knock it off with the lies. Nobody believes your bullshit. So just stick to the script. The economy is great. The border is secure. Our cities are safe. Wouldn't it be better to just be honest? Wouldn't it be better to just be honest with the American people about the soup that we're in right now? And, and we can all try to deal with it together instead no, of no, just. Nobody's saying that our. Nobody's saying we don't have any problems. But if you don't pause and recognize the meaning of one of the most significant pieces of legislation so far in the 21st century just because we also have a lot of other problems we're contending with as a country, then then I think you're, you're really feeding into a narrative that, that's uh, you know, pulling America down and holding America back. This guy is so, excuse my language, children, full of shit, it comes out his ears. He's always got these little twists of words and phrases, holding America down and pulling it back. That's what you're doing if you don't pause, he said, and recognize that this Inflation Reduction Act, a lie all to its own, is the most significant piece of legislation perhaps in our lifetime. If you don't say that, you're holding America back. You're pulling America down, according to Pete Buttigieg, one of the chief liars of the Biden regime. A guy who, in order for you to think he's lessening his carbon footprint on America, has a big black SUV drive him to work. And when he gets about a block from work, he thinks he's being clever. He hops out, takes a bicycle out of the back of the SUV, and rides it the final block. There's Mayor Pete, the Secretary of Transportation, riding his bike to work. He's backing up his words. Except that he wasn't. He's a fraud. He's always been a fraud. I doubt if he's even gay. Being gay helped his career. I'm not so sure he's gay. He lies about everything else. Why would we believe him about that? If you don't pause and recognize that this is one of the most significant pieces of legislation ever passed, you're bringing America down. (laughs) You know, Pete Buttigieg deserves a little ass whipping, doesn't he? He's one of those smug, arrogant jack wagons from the neighborhood that you just, you'd either get into a fight when you were growing up when, when boys could be boys, or you'd just shun him forever. Get out of here, you fraud, you phony, you pompous ass. 
The only reason he'd be picked to play on a team in the sandlot is if he owned the ball in the bat. If he didn't, you'd get down to the last guy and it would be Pete and everybody go, okay, let's start the game. Nobody picks him. So then he thought, maybe if I say I'm gay, I could actually get a job somewhere in politics. So presto, he's gay. I'm not saying I know that to be true, that he's lying about it, because I don't know it. But when I factor in all of the other things he's lied about, why would I believe him about that? He lies about everything. Stuart Varney. Now, this is a guy that I respect. Here's a guy, a Brit, who's come over here, made his career over here. Very smart, very smart economic guy. He gets it. Stuart Varney, Biden is completely out of touch, isn't he? The president is out of touch, and I think it's deliberate. He is deliberately ignoring the number one issue for voters in November, and that is inflation. You can't fool people. They know they're paying, what is it, 16% more for bread, 39% more for eggs, uh, 13% for cheese. They know all of that, and they feel it. And you have a president who says, well, wait a minute, it's not that bad. That's, that, that's not the right answer. Why didn't he say, wait a minute, I've got an Inflation Reduction Act in place. Yeah. That'll cut inflation. Why didn't you say that? Even because he knows true. perfectly well it will not cut inflation. Yeah. And he's also ignoring another problem that's coming down the pike right at us, and that is nat gas and electricity prices. That's right. They're going straight up. The moment the, the weather turns colder, and it'll do that pretty uh, pretty soon. <laughs> almost <laughs> pretty said it, didn't darn I? soon. <laughs> pretty darn soon. Well, the moment that happens, your home heating bill goes up, and your electricity bill goes up, because now that gas is in short right. supply. The price is going up. It affects electricity, etc. Unbelievable. What a perfect description of what's happening and what's going to happen. You see, they want you to believe that gas prices are coming down. He's tapped into the strategic oil reserves in order to make prices come down temporarily. That's the key word. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. It's allergy season. But they're coming down temporarily. Watch what happens after the election with gas prices. You just heard from Stuart Varney what's going to happen to your heating bills. As soon as the weather turns, and it's coming soon, they're going to shoot up. I don't want anybody's bill to go up. But if it means going up in order to bring these people down, then I'm all for it. I'll suck it up for a while. If it means getting rid of these people, rid the country of the swamp rats, and I'll pay a little more for my heating bill. Won't mind it. I know a lot of people can't. I know that. But they don't care. All they care about is retention of power and greed. They're not interested in what it costs you because they don't care. Jared Kushner in his book talked about that. He said, none of those things would have hurt me in my situation. He was wealthy. He said, but we fought for people who we knew it was hurting. And they did fight for those people. That The crime bill that Donald Trump got passed that was heavily in favor of helping black people 
any black person that would ever voted voted against Donald Trump needs their head examined because you're a mentally deficient nitwit if you did. There's something wrong with you. A guy who's done more for the black community than any president in history. In fact, you can combine all the presidents together in history. And no one has done as much for the black community as Donald Trump did. No one. And it's not even close. Your mulatto fellow, he didn't do anything for you. So anytime I hear a black person talk about Donald Trump and they don't say glowing things about him, I know right away I'm dealing with A, an imbecile, illiterate imbecile, or B, a racist idiot who falls for media bullshit. That's it. There are no other choices. Black people should be worshiping at the altar of Donald Trump for what he did for the black community. In fact, for that matter, everybody should be for what he did for this country. Imagine where we'd be without his four years. And he did all of this while being harassed by lying people in Congress, by agenda-driven criminal liberals who lied about a Russia, Russia, Russia investigation. He did all of that. People don't even talk about the Abraham Accords. They act as though they didn't happen. Never in history. Never in history have Arab countries and Israel formed partnerships. But because of Jared Kushner's leadership and Donald Trump's guidance, five of them did. More to come, except that Biden stole the election. Jared Kushner describes in his book the resistance the Trump administration had to simply moving uh, to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. That's what the Israelis wanted. We put our embassy there. We never moved our embassy before. Even though everybody said they were going to, only Donald Trump did it. Maybe that's why the Israelis, our greatest ally, worked together with the Trump administration to form those peace agreements with those Arab countries. Maybe that's why. I've got to fill you in on a little-known story that I read in the book yesterday when uh, Jared Kushner's father had developed a a company here. By the way, Jared Kushner is the grandchild of Holocaust survivors. His father built a company here with his uncle and his, I think his aunt. It's either his aunt or his uncle's fiancée. I can't remember which. At any rate, they had a dispute, a family squabble. The brother and fiancé took all of the records of the company and made them public, took them to people, and tried to get Jared's father in trouble for tax evasion and other nonsense. None of that was true. But what he did to his father, because he was so pissed off about it, he hired a hooker because he knew his brother was a cheater. And he knew the hooker would get his brother's attention and thereby causing trouble in their marriage, and he succeeded. But he was then prosecuted for prostitution. His brother turned him in for that. And guess who the prosecutor was? Chris Christie. Jared Kushner describes in his book how far Christie went to get his dad. Why? Because Jared Kushner's father was a donor 
to Democratic candidates who were in opposition to Chris Christie, who ran against him. So we know that Democrats do that, and now we know Republicans do as well. They'll get you if they have power and you've ever crossed them. They will get you. Jared Kushner's father had a two-year sentence in federal prison. After 11 months, he was allowed to be released on house arrest. And when he was allowed to be released, guess who fought for him to remain in prison? Chris Christie. So when Donald Trump ran in 2016, one of the first Republicans to endorse him was Chris Christie. Trump, ever the class act, I might add, called Jared Kushner up and he said, if you're uncomfortable with it, I won't accept his endorsement. Jared Kushner said, no, go ahead. And then when Christie wanted to be part of the administration and he was brought in for a conversation with Donald Trump and Jared Kushner present, Trump brought it up and he said, Jared, is there anything you want to say? And Kushner did. And he told him that he resented Christie's, I don't know what you'd call it, passionate pursuit of his father, even after the judge released his father. And Christie's response was, I was just doing my job. And if you read Kushner's response, I don't want to, I don't want to paraphrase it because it's too good word for word. I'll do that maybe later on in the show. He let Christie know just what he thought of that bullshit. So this stuff goes on everywhere every day. doesn't matter how wealthy you are or not. In some, in some areas, if you're a political enemy of these people, Republican or Democrat, they're going to get you. I don't care how much money you have, they're coming after you. If you donated to the wrong people. By the way, I couldn't put the book down, and I would highly recommend it to anyone who wants a true insider's look at what went on. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. The night they won the nomination, the Republican nomination, Trump looked at Jared Kushner and he said, and Ivanka was sitting there as well, he said, can you believe we pulled this off? (laughs) They did because they fought for the people. That's why. Tell you who's not fighting for the people, Biden. Larry Summers was the Treasury Secretary for Obama. Larry Summers, do you think Biden's way of dealing with the pipelines and everything is insane? It's kind of insane that we have trucks and trains carrying oil all over this country rather than constructing pipelines, which would permit accessing more resources, cheaper, safer transmission. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's insane. Absolutely insane. But what are you going to do? you got an idiot in there. And people around him who are idiots. People who run this country are idiots. It isn't him. He's not running the country. But as we come upon this midterm election, you're seeing all kinds of things change. The media has gone on overdrive to try to convince you that Biden's had a great summer of legislative success. Hey, the gas prices are coming down. What's to be upset about? Uh, inflation, sminflation. Who cares? It only went up an inch. Get your electric car and shut up. Charge that car. 
We don't want to hear any objections. Newt Gingrich, who was behind the huge red wave back in 94, sees a lot of similar signs coming our way. Newt, can the Democrats pretend? The Democrats can dance, they can scream, they can pretend, they can lie, but the American people are seeing in their own lives a very simple fact. All of it's falling apart. Uh, they're not going to have a political machine that lasts for a generation. And the average American looks out there and says, all this stuff is stupid. And it is stupid. And I think he's right. But they do love to dance. They love to pretend. They love to lie. They love to make things up. Because it's worked in the past. And if it continues to work now, we're screwed. I hate to give advice to people when it comes to voting, and I wouldn't tell you here to vote for a Republican or a Democrat. It's up to you. I'll tell you who I like, and you can, like, I, I loved Eric Reitens. People didn't vote for him enough. People believed the, the bullshit media ads of, in my opinion, that runt, rodent attorney general that we have in this state, Eric Schmidt, who is a rhino if ever there was one. Remember, he and Mike Parson have allowed Chinese communists to buy up farmland in this state all over the place. That's the guy you voted for. Just remember that. So when he gets to Washington and you find out he's nothing but a rhino and he's resistant to Trump or DeSantis, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, it's my fault because you're the nutcase that put him in there. And it's the same now. My advice is always shut the TV off, shut the radio off in terms of these ads and don't pay attention to any of them. Every one of them is a lie. I don't care who it is. Republicans, Democrats, they'll all lie to you when these ads run. You'll find very few that are backed by evidence. Very few. It's a game. And it's a game that David Limbaugh knows all too well. He is Russia's brother, of course, and an author and an attorney in his own right. He has an idea for the kind of ads that the Republicans ought to be running. Joe Biden claims he's a uniter. We've got the border closed. Inflation is transitory. Play those yeah. kinds of ads. That the summer riots were just uh, uh, somewhat peaceful, <laughs> partially peaceful, whatever they said. Play them. They lie every time they talk. Let's get that out in the open. Now, that would be a perfect ad. Just run those ads with their own words. Those are all lies. They have lied to you left and right. Get it out in the open, as David Limbaugh says. We can't be the only people in this country doing it, and we are. Some people on Fox, but that's it. These candidates have to go after the jugular with their ads. Never mind if a guy uh, in third grade told his teacher to F off. No one cares. What have they done since they've been in elected office? They've lied to you. Now, in your real life, your personal life, when people lie to you, what do you do? Do you tell them, I think you're the greatest thing on earth. I'd vote for you. Of course you don't. You either call them out on their lie or you make a mental note to yourself, never trust that person again.
Well, why don't you do that with political figures? These people, as David Limbaugh said, lie every word they speak. And we've played them for you. It's not our opinion that that's a lie. It's a fact. You have Biden telling us the pandemic is over on Sunday. By Monday morning, all of these liberal hacks, including his own people, are saying, well, no, he really meant that we're not finished, but we've made great progress. That's a lie. We know what he meant. He said it twice. The pandemic is over. Now, he let it slip out. He didn't mean to say it. I'll go for that. Because by saying it, he's saying what we all know. It's been over. But it can't be over for the liberal cause. They need to keep it going. What does that tell you? They don't care about you. They don't care about the impingement they've made on your life because COVID makes you stay in the house. No gatherings of more than 10. Wear your mask. Do this. Do that. Get a vaccination. They don't care. Why would they care? Remember that on election aid. If you wonder how Donald Trump came to power, it's that kind of thing, and David Limbaugh knows it. People wonder why an odd character like Trump ever rose to the fore, and a, a person that wasn't in the political arena. This is exactly why, because he doesn't do this kind of nonsense. He doesn't worry about being loved by the other side. He worries about getting policy established that we want. These people don't understand, these career politicians, many of them don't understand that the way you win elections is to stick to your principles and be enthusiastic about it like the liberals are. Bingo. How right is that? The liberals always stick together, even with their lies. It doesn't matter. But Donald Trump came to power because people were sick of both parties. And if you're not sick of both of them now, you'll never be sick of both of them. Neither one of them has your interest at heart. There are individuals in the Republican Party who do. But as a whole, the establishment Republicans are no worse than the worst Democrat. No worse at all. They have fought Donald Trump while he was president. They continue to fight him today. And they're Republicans, so they say. Do you know something else that David Limbaugh knows? He knows that what's going on in this country today, the pain you're being forced to endure, the financial burdens you're being forced to carry, the lies that are being told to you, the complete upending of your lifestyle because they lied about COVID, the fact that you couldn't visit your sick father, mother, grandpa, grandma, And then when they died, they died alone. This isn't accidental. David Limbaugh, this is intentional. This is intentional. The the left is ideologically tied to quasi-Marxist policies. They don't care. They all economists know that when you have too many many dollars chasing chasing too few goods, you're going to have inflation. This is what this Inflation Increasing Act does. And, and the idea that they use Orwellian language to call it the Inflation Reduction Act to slip in New Deal insanity and idolatry 
I mean, Green New Deal makes me sick to my stomach. Everything they do makes me sick to my stomach. But if you were wondering if they're being, if you're being lied to or not, all you have to do is think about Inflation Reduction Act. Now, why would they call it that? Everyone knows, unless you're beyond stupid, that this bill will not reduce inflation one gazillionth of 1%. In fact, it will do the opposite. Everybody knows that. Everybody recognizes it, except the liars, who want you to believe it will. Because they, putting that in there, they have all kinds of other little goodies in there that enrich themselves and that cost us money. But if we call it the Inflation Reduction Act, how can people be against it? People are morbidly stupid in this country. They're very marginally educated. And by educated, I don't mean school. I mean self-educated as to what's going on. So we can slip this past them. Let's call it Inflation Reduction Act. The dumbasses will buy it, and the dumbasses have bought it. We knew the media would buy it. They pay for it. This is a great string of legislative successes. And the talking heads just pander and simply take all of that and parrot it one word after another. And so the lunatics out there in the real world go, yeah, it's a string of successes. They don't even know what they're talking about. Someone says that to you. Well, Biden's had a pretty good summer of these legislative successes. Say to them, could you please instruct me a little bit as to which one of them is a success and how it's affecting your daily life? Not one person that you know will be able to do that. Not one. Now, they might start stumbling and stammering around and creating some pet phrases that Biden uses. They might even whisper. But they won't be able to explain it because they can't. Not one of these high spending items that they've passed and that Biden has executive ordered helps you or me or anybody. Here's the interesting thing, and this is how stupid people are. This loan forgiveness, which is another lie, inflation reduction, lie, loan forgiveness, lie. Nothing's being forgiven. The banks are getting paid. It's just a matter of who's paying. Here's forgiveness, okay? I take a loan out, and I stumble onto hard times, and I go to the bank, and I explain to them my dilemma, and they say to me, you know what, Kevin, we really like you. We're going to forgive that loan. You don't owe it to us anymore. That's loan forgiveness. But if I go into the bank and I say, you know, I took a loan out. I can't really pay it anymore. Uh, How about if Joe down the street pays it? Is that okay? Sure, that's fine. People, you need to understand the difference and how you're being manipulated and how you're being lied to. There's no such thing. But here's the funny part of that. Loan forgiveness. And so all the, the, the young people with college debt, like Sandy Cortez, yay, we're celebrating. We don't have to pay ten grand of our loan. Uh, but, yeah, I do, actually, because I don't have to pay ten grand of my loan, but I have to pay for Bobby's loan over there. Huh. They didn't exempt me from having to pay for the other guy's loan. 
So guess what, Mr. Loan Forgiveness Guy? you got to pay the other guy's loan forgiveness, you stupid ass. It's incredible how dumb this country is. Every time I see somebody, and as I read in Jared Kushner's book telling me how great this country is, I don't think it is. We were great, and we were back to being great under Trump. We truly were. By the way, you know who designed the MAGA hats? Donald Trump himself. But we were great when he was there, but we're not great right now. How are we great? What area are we great in as a country? Are we great internationally? Are we tremendously respected? Hell no. Do our enemies fear us? No. They don't even respect us. Are they afraid of us? Not a bit. Do we have a roaring economy? No. Are people wondering how they're going to put food on the table? Yes. Is the stock market plunging? Yes. Do you know the stock market is now lower than it was the day Trump office, uh, Trump left office? So how are we great? Do we have enough police protection and safety in the streets? No. Do we have a corrupt FBI? Yes. A corrupt Justice Department? Yes. How are we great? Please, somebody, point it out to me. 636-538-0746. We are not a great country anymore. And we're getting closer to being a third world country. So you better wake your ass up. And it better sink in if you want this country to ever be great again. But it ain't great now. And anybody who thinks it is, is dumber than dirt. Stephen Miller knows. Stephen Miller is a former Trump official. Did all kinds of things in the Trump administration. But he knows what the Biden administration has done to this country and what our future is. The Biden administration has helped human traffickers and smugglers relocate into the United States almost 300,000 unaccompanied minors. 300,000 minors. This is the largest human and child trafficking operation in world history. I dare anyone to find anywhere in the world that so many illegal immigrant children have been trafficked ever. And Biden is doing it using government resources, government planes, government workers. It's a war on the middle class. And if it isn't reversed, there will not be a country left to save. If it isn't reversed, there will not be a country left to save. Anybody doubt that? If you do, you're kind of stupid. If you're just sitting there trucking along going, eh, yeah, everything's okay, it'll turn around. We've had bad times before. All of that's true. But how dumb do you have to be to think if this isn't reversed, that we're going to be just fine? It needs reversing. Never in our nation's history has the border to this country been open like this. Never. You just heard it. Human sex trafficking. Terrorists. Trump said it best. The day he came down the escalator, and as Jared Kushner points out in his book, the one line in his speech that the media seized on and continually pounded away when Trump said, Mexico's not sending us their best. They're not sending us their doctors, their lawyers, their accountants. 
They're sending us murderers and rapists and robbers and thieves and criminals. And that's what they are sending us. You think those people coming across the border are at the top of the food chain? These are people, some good people, who just want to better their lives, but yet they're breaking the law in order to do it. But plenty of them aren't. And that was Trump's point. He even said, some are good people, no doubt. But they left that out. Are there not rapists that have come across? Are there not murderers? Are there not robbers? Are there not sex traffickers? Are there not terrorists? Of course they are. We know that. It's not my opinion. Those are facts. And what's being done about it? Stephen Miller's right. If it isn't reversed, there won't be a country worth saving. It won't. We won't have it. Don Lamont, one of the chief racists on television, again, please ignore television, but I play the funny parts for you. Don Lamont, I believe, has re- been reassigned. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to check that. He's been reassigned to the mornings over there at CNN. I guess he was getting his ass thumped so badly at night that even calling himself a gay black guy didn't help. I love it when he talks about white supremacy and he's quote-unquote married to a white guy. But be that as it may, Lamont thought he would try his racist bidding on his new assignment. And unfortunately for him, he ran into a strong British woman by the name of Hillary Fordwich. She's a global business consultant. And this was two days ago on the day of the Queen's funeral. Imagine the low class, the no class that Lamont possesses on the day of the Queen's funeral to question a British person, citizen, about the queen having stolen money from slaves and that King Philip or King Charles III needs to pay black people reparations. Here's how it went for Lamont. Well, those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there, some people want to be paid back, and uh, and members of the public are wondering why are we suffering when you are, you know, you have all of this vast wealth. Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa, and when that crossed the entire world when slavery was taking place. Which was the first nation in the world that abolished slave, uh, slavery? The first nation in the world abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce was the British. In in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. Carpe quadruple, carpe hundred diem to Hillary Fordwich. Talk about surgically destroying that bigoted, racist crap. It was beautiful. I agree with you. Reparations should be paid. 
but not to the people you think should get them. Your African people were enslaving their own. British people died on the high seas trying to end slavery. They should get reparations. They're descendants. Let's go back to the beginning of the food chain. How eloquently did she shove it up his ass? And that creep just sat there when she finished. His IQ is single digit. He's dangerous, though, because he has a voice on CNN. By dangerous, I mean the 25 people that listen to him might go spread it around. But they might not anymore after that ass-whipping. You talk about getting slapped, bitch-slapped around like nobody ever has been. Lamont got it. Maybe that should put an end to all the bullcrap reparation talk. Sonny Hostin Houston. I've just got to say this. I can't imagine a more arrogant, nose-in-the-air human being than this one. She is so despicable in her arrogance that it's sickening. She decides that she'll attack Nikki Haley, who has an Indian heritage, for not using her given first name, that she's too embarrassed that she has an Indian background. Now, keep in mind that a lot of the people on that very show, The the View, don't go by their first name. Whoopi Goldberg, for instance, is Karen, the original Karen. Joy Bahor is actually Josephine. Herself, Sonny Houston-Houston, isn't Sonny at all. In fact, Sarah Haynes, one of the women on that show, reluctantly pointed it out to her after Houston Houston attacked Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is incredibly effective governor of South name, Carolina. Uh, there, is some, there are some of us by. that can be chameleons and decide not to embrace our ethnicity so that we can pass. Sonny, I don't so think that that's fair. You go by a different name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be the one to say it. But. Americans can't pronounce Asuncion because of the Americans can't pronounce Asuncion, her real name, because they're uneducated. Can you imagine the arrogance of that bitch? Americans can't pronounce my name. That's why I use a fake name, because they're too stupid. By the way, Nikki Haley tweeted out, Thanks, uh, Sonny, for the, the heads up, but if you check my birth certificate, my name is Nikki. And... Your name is not Sonny. Can you imagine the utter hypocritical arrogance of this woman? We're too stupid to pronounce her stupid name. My name's Asuncion, and you're too dumb to say it. I believe I just said it. Asuncion. It's not hard. But we're all too dumb. We're uneducated. So that excuses her from hiding behind whatever fears that she has of being a Sancion. There's nobody worse than that woman. So you've got people all over that set going by fake names. And this stupid ass decides to attack someone who's using her real name and claims that it's fake, even though her own name is fake. It's too hard to even explain. She's such a fraud. Such an arrogant pompous, smug, smarmy, nose-in-the-air fraud.
ABC should be ashamed of itself forever. Whoever runs the ABC News Division and includes The View in the News Division should never work in news again. Now, it would be hard to find someone different than that person because they're all the same in the news business today. What is news about that show? Nothing. Nothing. Here's a little news for you. Charlemagne the God, the black radio host in New York who called out Biden and, in fact, is the one who asked Biden if he would defund police and Biden said yes. And he, he, uh, Biden is the guy, that's Charlemagne is the guy that Biden said, if you ain't voting for me, you ain't black. But anyway, Charlemagne pointed out that Ron DeSantis is a genius and that it's Biden's people that have been doing this. Much Republican governors have sent busloads of illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities like New York, DC, and Chicago with the message of, if you like them so much, they're yours. Okay. Well, just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis upped the game by sending two plane folds of immigrants to the East Coast elite's favorite vacation island, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I personally think it's genius. But I wish that governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott would give Democratic governors and mayors more of a heads up, because then that would expose the hypocrisy of the Democrats, which is they don't want immigrants here either. So true. So true. Yeah, give them a heads up so that they know. Martha's Vineyard might as well put a sign up. Thanks for coming, but don't come back. These people, by these people I mean liberals, want nothing to do with immigrants. Have you heard of one of those big mouths, those multimillionaire big mouth liberal elitists, say, welcome to my house, come on in, stay a while, take your shoes off? Of course you haven't. How could you have ever heard that? That nitwit sheriff down there in Texas, Javier Salazar, he's now talking about why illegals are welcome. This is a law enforcement guy who's encouraging people to break the law, and when they break the law, he's saying, hey, stay here. You're okay. You're cool because I'm hungry. If you go to any restaurant in San Antonio, Texas right now, you're going to wait a long time to get your table, even though there's empty tables because there's not enough wait staff to wait on you. They're, you're going to wait a long time for your food because there's not enough people to, to cook it in the back. Half the cooks maybe aren't, aren't showing up to work or they've quit. Hire these folks. Wow. Can you be more racist than him? These illegal aliens aren't worth anything unless they want to cook and wait on me. Cook for me, wait on me, cut my grass. You want to talk about a racist stereotype? That's this guy. That's this guy. Javier Salazar. The guy who's claiming to have opened a criminal investigation into Ron DeSantis, but while he's at it, at this point, I really don't know what the F I'm talking about. At this point, I'm not able to definitively say, here's the statute that they broke, either federal, state, or local. But what I can tell you is it's wrong. Just from a human rights perspective, what was done to these folks is wrong. Yeah, Kevin, I don't like the car you drive. I think it's wrong. Let's start a criminal investigation. I don't know if you broke a statute or a law, but it's wrong. Because I said so. I'm Javier Salazar, the guy who's hungry and who wants these damn Hispanics, even though I'm one of them, but I want the rest of them cooking for me and feeding me.
because I'm tired of doing it myself. So round them all up. Put them in restaurants. Give them a lawnmower. But remember, at this point, I don't know what the F I'm talking about because I don't know what statute or law that Ron DeSantis has broken, but damn it, I'm investigating him. This is exactly what Alan Dershowitz has said forever about these liberal thugs. You don't investigate the person. You investigate a crime. Has a crime been committed? No. This guy can't even identify what crime might have been committed in his dementedly wayward mind. But no crime was committed. Everybody knows that. But, hey, he's getting a little pub for himself. Now, when someone says no publicity is bad, I've always disagreed with that. There is some publicity that makes you so bad, look so bad, expose you for the stooge you are, that it can't possibly be considered good. And when some guy stands up there and says, I'm investigating so-and-so, I have no idea what they did wrong, but they did something wrong, that puts you in the stooge category. I don't care what that guy does from here on out. He should always be remembered for those words. And, of course, the fact that he's hungry and these Hispanics need to cook and feed for him, but cook for him and feed him. Adam Carolla found it interesting. By the way, do you think Salazar is out of it? By the way, that sheriff who goes, I don't know if this is against the law. I don't know <laughs> if it's any state or federal statutes, but I know it's wrong. Yeah. Is that how the law works? Like, I think balding guys who have ponytails are wrong. But I don't want to incarcerate them. (laughs) So because Javier Salazar thinks you're wrong, you need to go to jail. So if if he were guest hosting, let's say, Jeopardy, and you got the wrong answer, he'd say, wrong. Bailiff, take this man away. Because if you're wrong, you go to jail in the world of Javier Salazar. I think everybody should always remember that name. Javier Salazar, the notorious Nazi who, if he thinks you're wrong, you go to jail. Doesn't matter you haven't broken any laws. It's just like Hitler did to the Jews. They hadn't broken any laws. But he decided they were wrong for Germany. Not only go to jail, but kill them. I wouldn't be surprised if Javier Salazar would kill people if he thinks they're wrong. How wrong are they, Javier? And by the way, while we're at it, put those Hispanics in the kitchen and on the yards. It's all they can do. Here's something that shocks the world. No, Biden didn't resign. But we did have a reporter in Martha's Vineyard on MSNBC. Now, let me clarify. I'm pretty sure she's not getting paid by MSNBC as a salaried employee. She looked, because she didn't have a microphone with her logo on it, looked to me like she was a stringer. A stringer is someone that a network uses in a locale where they don't have any reporters. So they'll call the local reporter, hey, here's 100 bucks, go out and cover this story for us and put a piece together. So she's a stringer. Was probably doing this report for her own TV station somewhere around Martha's Vineyard. At any rate, she got it right. And she'll be the first witness that Ron DeSantis would call if he were ever prosecuted by Javier Salazar. Salazar said that these illegal aliens were taken against their will. They didn't want to go to Martha's Vineyard. They'd rather be in Eagle Pass, Texas. That's not what the reporter said, and she talked to those very illegals. 
They left here a few minutes ago. They moved to Cape Cod, to the joint base in Cape Cod, with new clothes, new cell phones, having talked to lawyers for the first time and saying that they were actually brought to paradise. They don't resent it for now, uh, and they know they're the lucky ones. <laughs> they feel like they've been brought to paradise. They got new clothes, new cell phones, legal advice on becoming a citizen, I assume. Free, free legal advice. They think they're in paradise. They don't resent it. They're the lucky ones. They consider themselves the lucky ones. That's a big oopsie. I guarantee you at MSNBC they had heart failure when that piece went on the air. When they threw it to that gal. I think it was a live report. She'll never be asked back. She ruined the party. She talked to the actual Aliens. She found out what they really thought, and they thought they were in paradise. And who wouldn't think that? Eagle Pass, Texas? Martha's Vineyard? Hello? Pretty simple. Now, we mentioned yesterday how Biden has lied about not spending a single penny in his administration on building the wall to keep these illegals out. But Mark Kelly, a senator in Arizona, a Democrat, is in serious trouble. Looks like he might lose his re-election campaign to Blake, um, oh gosh, what's his last, Masters. And so now, what's Biden doing to placate the people of Arizona because they don't like all the illegal crossings? He's spending money to work on the wall. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I seem to remember a reporter asking Biden if he'd finish the wall. Let me see if I can jog my memory. Trump campaigned on... Um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down? No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. Oopsie. He's doing it right now. Another promise made, another promise broke. He did keep one promise, though. Remember the guy in Iowa where he was yelling at him and he said, I don't work for you? He kept that promise. Ken Cuccinelli. Are they going to build this wall until the 12th of never? Yeah, they're going to do that certainly through November 9th when Mark Kelly's re-election campaign will be over in Arizona. Oh. And that is why they are doing it. This is in a They're targeting a particular election in a particular state. And they know, frankly, Joe Biden's immigration policies have been underwater with ordinary Americans who vote sure. Democrat since he implemented them. You've got to believe this red wave is not even going to be a wave. It's going to be a, 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 a not a monsoon, but a tidal wave, a tsunami. I can't imagine. I would not want to be a Democrat running for office in those states. It's happening everywhere. Remember, don't pay attention to polls. Polls had Donald Trump down 13 points two weeks before he was elected in 2016. Please. Stop the nonsense. Now, what kind of a ticket would be great for the Democrats, do you suppose, in 2024? We heard O'Biden say early on, hell yes, I'm running for re-election. We've heard Heels Up Harris say, the president has said he's running again, and if he does, I'll be proud to be his vice president again. Except Sunday, when he, when he was on the 60 Minutes campaign ad, he said he wasn't sure what he was going to do, and it's not the time to say so. It's still too early. 
So that got Joy Behor to thinking. I wonder who I could pick that would be the best. The best. Here's who she came up with. To me, unless uh, Trump is in prison, <laughs> it could happen. Um, if Trump is in prison yeah. or somewhere in some maybe uh, in Saudi Arabia somewhere, R- Russia, Russia, it's possible. Uh, then I think that uh, uh, Joe Biden's the one to beat him. He beat him before. He'll beat him again. Yeah. If Trump is not in prison, which according to what I'm reading is highly unlikely. Uh, because Merrick Garland says nobody's above the law, mm-hmm. and let us hope that he means that, because he has certainly committed crimes, mm-hmm. Trump, uh, Trump has. Then I think you, um, Gavin Newsom has a chance. Gavin Newsom and Stacey Abrams, what a ticket that would be. Oh. Pretty good. Wow. I don't know if anybody can understand her stupidity there. The, the fact that she thought Gavin Newsom and Stacey Abrams would be good is pretty funny, though. But let's analyze the things that she did say. If Trump is in prison or in Saudi Arabia, I'm not so, so sure where she th- brought that to her demented mind, and Sonny Hostin said, or Russia, ha, 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 the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. So if Trump is in any of those places, prison, Saudi Arabia, Russia, then Joe Biden's the guy because he beat him once and he can beat him again. But wait a minute. You just said Biden's your choice if Trump is in prison, Saudi Arabia, or Russia, which means he wouldn't be running. But if he's in one of those places, she says, Joe Biden, because he beat him once, he can beat him again. He's not beating him. He's not running, you stupid ass, by your own stupidity. He's in prison or Saudi Arabia or Russia. Then she says, if he's not in prison, Gavin Newsom... And Stacey Abrams. What? I'm trying to figure her out. Joe Biden's the pick if Donald Trump's the opponent. But only if Donald prison is Donald Trump is in prison or Saudi Arabia or Russia, which of course would render him not the opponent. Then she says if he isn't in prison, then Gavin Newsom and Stacey Abrams are the ticket. <laughs> Certainly Trump has committed crimes, she said. I know the standard's almost impossible to uh, win a slander lawsuit if you're a public figure. But I believe, and I wish, and I know Donald Trump spends too much on lawyer fees already, thanks to the criminal Democrats. But I wish he'd sue her. I'd sue her just for the hell of it. I'd sue her just to drain her account. I'd sue her to watch her squirm in a deposition. When a, when a lawyer for Donald Trump, maybe Alina Habba, says to her, you said this on such and such date, and then play the tape where she said, certainly he's committed crimes, Trump has. Could you please identify the crimes he had committed? And that's all you need to do. And then watch her squirm like the rat that she is. He certainly committed crimes. Gavin Newsom and Stacey Abrams, there's a good ticket. <laughs> Do you hear all those idiots start to applaud? What kind of people go to that show? What kind of people are in that audience? You know, they make sexual predators register, pedophiles, 
so that when they have to go live somewhere, they have to, they're registered and you get to know if your neighbor's a pedophile. I think people should get to know that you once went to The View. I think that would cause me to not buy a house in a certain neighborhood more so than a pedophile. Maybe the pedophile has changed his ways. Of course, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. But these people are lunatics, and they haven't changed. They applaud a political ticket of Gavin Newsom and Stacey Abrams. They applaud. They think it's funny when she says, if Trump is in prison, (laughs) why don't we see if we can put her in prison? Surely she's done something illegal. Her very existence to some people is illegal. But I wish Trump would sue her. I really do. I'd pay to be able to watch that deposition. Pay. You could have one of your lawyers, like I said, Alina Haba, or maybe have Jared Kushner. He's a lawyer. Have Jared Kushner go in there and question her. And then we have the fallout from the Biden comments that the pandemic's over. It it just doesn't seem to end. Rand Paul understands what these people are all about. And, and what have I said throughout this thing? I said the masks don't work. I didn't say that on my own. I got that from medical people. The masks don't work. It was nonsensical to think that six-foot distancing would work. Dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And then, maybe dumber still, was putting plexiglass up in front of everybody at any store or any place so that you couldn't hear what the person on the other side was saying. You put a mask on them, you put plexiglass up, and you're sitting there going, what the F are you saying? And we've said this all along on the show. All of these things were stupid. Now, the medical people told me about the masks. I deduced the social distancing and the plexiglass on my own because it's not that hard. I'm no doctor. I'm no biologist. I'm no researcher. But I do understand that a virus doesn't operate by distance. So that if you're six feet away, you're safe. But if you're five feet away, you're not. So the virus is coming at you full speed, and it hits 5.5 feet. It's going strong. Six feet. Stops. Doesn't infect you. And then if you're at the grocery store, and the woman is saying, do you want cash back? And you can't understand a word she's saying. She's mumbling in her mask, and she's got plexiglass between you. The virus comes to the plexiglass, and it says, Wow, this is where it ends. There's no way an airborne virus can go around the plexiglass. It just gives up. It's over. So we knew all of that was bullshit from the start. Now the stupid people didn't realize it because they're sheeple. Oh, whatever you say, Mr. Government, whatever you say, we'll do. Get an unprecedentedly experimental drug stuck into me, I'll do that too. But I'll definitely be six feet. And if I'm not and someone's behind me and they're four feet, I'll glare at them through my mask, through my double-triple mask. Dr. Fauci said I should wear a triple mask. That ought to work. Tell us, Rand Paul. The response to this has always been about submission and control of the individual. These are the people who truly believe in the nanny state, whether it's your business they want to be in charge of or your health care. 
and they can't give it up. I mean, look, if you have been to Florida any time in the last two years, the pandemic was over two years ago in Florida. It's still going on in the minds of Democrats, but it hasn't been on the ground for a long time. And they finally have gotten to the point where they, you know, they're for ridiculous things. I mean, they would have your pets in masks if they could. I mean, <laughs> if you went to the Kentucky Derby, they would have the horses wearing masks if they could. But people are done with these folks. And the mask did not change the trajectory of the disease at all. The stickers on the floor, they only made the people who made the stickers richer. They didn't do anything to the disease. And guess what? If you watch a, a virus fly around with a really fine microscope, they will go around plexiglass. Who knew? Who knew that the virus could fly around the plexiglass? <laughs> It's so perfect. The stickers on the floors, those are my favorite. They only serve to make the people who made the stickers richer. You remember when it first happened? I went to Walgreens, and they had stickers on the sidewalk outside. Please maintain six feet. Stop here. If someone's in front of you, stop on the parking lot? What? <laughs> I mean, it was it was hilarious to see all the stickers. God, we were all in the wrong business. Get in the sticker-making business. Can you imagine? And some places still have them. Well, yesterday the special master that was appointed in the Trump versus the Department of Justice case came down hard on the Trump side saying that they can't have it both ways, that they need to show proof that the president was uh, president had declassified some documents. Well, first of all, the president doesn't have to show proof. He can declassify them on his own. The special master I'm a little worried about. Does he even know the law? He also said that he he himself, he's supposed to review all of these tens of thousands of documents and separate all of the ones that were illegally taken. But he, does, he said he doesn't want to look at classified documents. So that's surprising. So what's really going on here? And they, they want... The Trump camp, uh, not the Trump campaign, but the Trump attorneys to kind of show their hand. Prove to me that these were declassified. Well, wait a minute. This is all stuff that's coming down the down the road here in this hearing. So why is it that someone needs to show their hand, Alina Haba? Why is it that somebody cannot even give you the affidavit and the reasons behind their suit, but then they want you to reveal everything that you you have as proof and hide and show your cards? It's just stupid. Right. It doesn't make sense. So. We, it's always a dance with all the judges, but I did find it surprising that he wouldn't actually look at the classified documents, which was the entire purpose of having a special master. Carpe diem, Nalina Haba. I'm surprised she said that. That's pretty strong stuff against that judge. I'm surprised he wouldn't look at the special, the classified documents, which was the whole purpose of getting a special master. It's right. She's right. The purpose of the special master in this case is to review the documents. And to see if they took stuff that they weren't supposed to take, which they did. And why aren't you being forced to re reveal the affidavit, the contents of the affidavit that allowed you to go in there and raid the house? And I would say to the special master, and maybe uh, the attorneys did say, we need to know the reason why they came in before we can even understand what's classified and what's not, because we don't have the documents. How can we tell you? Let's see if they had a reason, a legal reason, to go in in the first place. If they didn't, this thing ends now.
We've always said on this show that Mitch McConnell is one of the most dangerous people in the Republican Party. He's a liar. He's a fraud. He's not a Republican. He's a communist sympathizer. He and his Chinese wife hold financial stakes in communist party-owned companies in China. Nobody seems to care. All Republicans want to jump on Eric Swalwell, and rightly so, for many reasons, not the least of which he slept with a Chinese spy. But why aren't we all over McConnell? I've always been, but nobody else seems to be. His wife's Chinese. The family is in ownership of the Chinese Communist Party people on a business venture in China. Are we to believe that Mitch McConnell isn't sympathetic toward Chinese interests? Of course he is. And Peter Navarro knows it. But instead of coming after McConnell, the corrupt FBI came after Peter Navarro, who talked about his time at the White House with Donald Trump and that Mitch McConnell, after helping the president get conservative judges appointed, then did everything else to hurt Donald Trump. Everything else he did was designed to screw Donald Trump. The worst thing he did, in my judgment, uh, was to slow walk all of the Trump appointees to the major departments and agencies. So if you don't have those folks um, at the top of those agencies, you cannot drain the swamp. And then fast forward, I mean, McConnell made, made one of the stupidest gambles in conjunction with Fox's Carl Rove in Georgia, and they screwed up those Senate races. McConnell was banking on him being the leader of the Senate and Dems holding the House and the White House and him being kingmaker. But he screwed it up so badly with Karl Rove, we lost the Senate as well. And now we have Kamala Harris casting more tie-breaking votes than friggin' John Adams and killing this economy, killing this country. And that's on Mitch McConnell. So that guy's got to go. Carpe diem, Peter Navarro. He's got to go. If the Republicans gain the majority in the Senate or not, he needs to be voted out by his fellow Republican senators. But they won't because they're spineless. They are spineless. Sickening. And I'm glad he called out Carl Rove, too. We find out more and more about Carl Rove and what a criminal he is. He's despicable. Well, the Libs had to uh, make a tough vote yesterday. James Comer talked about how touchy this was going to be for the Libs. This is going to be a very difficult vote for the Democrats in the hypocrisy category. Just think about all the time the Democrats on the Oversight Committee and in Congress have spent investigating Trump, investigating Trump's children, uh, when they never had any concrete facts. Everything was based on hearsay. Everything was based on so-called anonymous whistleblowers. What we have with Hunter Biden are facts. We have people who have come forward who were in business with Hunter Biden. We've had his ex wife come forward. Uh, we've seen emails. We've heard voice messages. We've seen texts that show that Hunter Biden was influence peddling all across the world with our adversaries. So today we're going to vote on a resolution of inquiry, which is simply a formal request by the House of Representatives for the executive branch to provide factual information that the House has requested. So what we're requesting is no different than what the Democrats demanded that Trump turn over over the years. Yeah, they want Hunter Biden to turn over 
some of these documents, emails, texts. And the vote was taking place yesterday, and guess what the Democrats did? They voted it down. Now, I don't care how stupid you are, how illiterate you are, if you can't see that cover-up in progress, you're Stevie Wonder. I mean, you really are. You can't see. That's so blatant. And that's the thing about Democrats. They're brazenly corrupt. They don't care what you think. They don't care how it looks. They just don't care because the media will cover it up for them. And they'll sell you another story so that you won't even know that one's going on. Other than this show, did you know that was going on? I'm going to bet you didn't. But you want to hear the saddest thing in this country? I always say that if you're smart, you're a 98%er. You're smarter than 98% of the rest of the country, and it's not a compliment. Well, our research assistant decided she would prove me right. Keep in mind when you listen to this that every one of these people enjoys the right, the same right to vote as you do. Um, I definitely don't know. No, give me, give me your best guess. I guess a country. Mm. What is the country again? Do you know what country the Panama Canal is in? No. If you had to guess, like, what do you think it sounds like? It's a, it's a country. Europe. Yes. Do you know how many moons the Earth has? Around how many, if you had to guess? Two? Yes. Do you know what country the Great Wall of China is in? Country? Yeah. If you had to guess. Japanese? Yes. Do you know what the third month of each year is? Ain't that leap year or some shit? Yeah. Do you know what 15% of 100 is? Fuck. Around what it is, if you had to guess. Probably like 75. I don't know. Yes. Can you name all the months? September, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yeah. What do we call a, a shape with five sides? Is it an octagon? Wait, that's six. That's eight. Octagon is eight. Is it a stop sign? <laughs> now, I have to give the last gal a little credit. Because when she was answering the question, she mentioned octagon. I didn't think she'd come up with any gun. And she got it right. Octagon was eight. But a stop sign? You should have stopped at octagon. I would have given you credit for that. A lot of people wouldn't know Pentagon, but Octagon was close. It was in the same family. It was in the Agon family. But the rest of them, these are people walking down the street of any city at any given time on any day. And you know what? They get to vote. Just like you do. The woman who doesn't know what country the Panama Canal is in, what country the Great Wall of China is in, doesn't know the third month of every year is March. Instead, she says, ain't that leap year or some shit? What's 15% of 100? The answer to that was fuck. 
These are citizens of the United States. This is our country. You still think it's a great country? You know, it's fine that we include these numbskulls in the country, but they shouldn't be allowed to vote. Honest to God, they should not be allowed to vote. I've always said you should have to work a job, pay taxes before you could ever vote, and you should have to pass a basic civics test. Now, as part of that civics test, wouldn't you need to know what country the Great Wall of China is in? Is that a tough question? I might have said, when the word Pentagon is mentioned, what comes to mind? That would be on my civics test. If they didn't say the Department of Defense, I'd say, okay, hold on. You're not in good shape here on this test so far. You might not be allowed to vote. Then ask them, how many states are there? Does a president win an election by a majority of votes? Or is it the Electoral College? Give them a choice. Make it easy. 50-50. Shouldn't they at least have to answer those things? I don't know if this is a requirement or not, but to become a citizen, to be sworn in as a citizen, don't you have to take some sort of a test first about our country? Maybe you don't. Maybe that's wishful thinking. But I thought you did. But it's quite possible you don't. In fact, in this country, it's likely you don't. As bizarre as that sounds. But think about it. Those people, Biden always says, think about it. Not, no joke. Not joking. I'm serious. Those people can vote. Worse yet, they can cancel your vote. That's right. They can cancel your vote. And I'm wondering if they could say and recite this simple pledge. If I may... May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the Republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, 
one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation, and justice, the principle are qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country, and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance, under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools, too. Kevin Slayton with you on this Wednesday morning. It's hump day, hump day Wednesday. Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. Those are the numbers, or that is the number, I should say, not those are. That is the number for you to weigh in on any of our topics or any of the insanity that goes on in our country Man, you know, it was so invigorating when Trump was running and calling it Make America Great Again. It's it's so inspiring. Someone cared to recognize the country's peril and to do something about it. And now we're back to the same old crap that we had before Donald Trump, if not worse. Probably worse. Our good friends at Window World can make you smile, though, because they can put the right windows in your home that will save you money. How many times can they save you money? How many different ways? Well, let's start with utilities. Your utility bills will come down because with Window World windows, the warm air generated by your furnace in the wintertime doesn't escape allowing cold air to come in, and the cool air from your air conditioner doesn't escape allowing the hot air in in the summer. In addition, those two uh, appliances aren't running 24-7, so you're not going to have to replace them. And all you have to do is call Window World to get a free in-home estimate. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. They'll come to your house as they did mine. Tell you what it's going to cost. Here are the windows. Look at these. And the price will be dramatically less than any of the competition. And you'll be getting the best product, the best service, the best warranty. Lifetime warranty. That covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. I said it, glass breakage. Now, Window World uses double-strength glass as an everyday thing. That allows them to give you that lifetime warranty on glass breakage. 
The double-strength glass is not an upsell, an extra item. It's what they do. It's their window. They also offer you 18 months same as cash financing with approved credit. 314-993-1800. I have window world windows. Hail broke through my windows. I made that call. They came out, gave me that free in-home estimate, and la-di-da-di-da, I was off and running with my window world windows. Still have them, of course. Happy that I do. Still in the same house. Happy that I've got them. And I promise you will be too. Promise. P. Ramos. A research assistant has pointed out to me that these uh, prospective new citizens do have to take some sort of a civics test, but they should then apply that same test or a different test of similar quality to people to vote. You should never be granted the right to vote in this country simply because you reach a certain age. That's stupid. Who comes up with things like that? I'm, I'm beyond trying to figure that out. That was dumb from the get-go. You shouldn't grant the same privilege to vote to an imbecile as you would to someone who does their homework and figures out whether they're wrong or right, at least has reasons for why they vote. But because the loony bin guy down the street doesn't give a damn, but he's 21 or 18, whatever the voting age is, I think it's 18 now, he gets to vote. Why? Because he was born in 2004? That's the luck of the draw vote? But the guy who was born in 2005, who's working his ass off, studies up on candidates... He doesn't get the vote. Illegal aliens get the vote. Now, they they don't really, but they do. They brazenly admit that they do, and no one stops them. How can that be? Do you hear John Fetterman, the stroke... How would I describe him? Stroke-hampered candidate for Senate in Pennsylvania. He had a stroke. He's recovering from a stroke. He's a spoiled little brat. He's never worked a job in his life. Lived in mommy and daddy's basement forever. Stroke or not, I wouldn't vote for him just for that. But then he had a stroke, and he can't seem to form coherent thoughts, which is probably typical. But why is he Why is he the nominee from the Democrats in Pennsylvania? Yesterday he was giving remarks, and he said, send us back to New Jersey. Send us back to New Jersey. You're not from New Jersey. You don't live in New Jersey. And he tries to laugh those things off. He claims for a debate with Dr. Oz, he's going to need some sort of a written version of the questions that are going to be asked because it takes him a little longer to process the words because of his stroke, to which Dr. Oz agreed. Okay, fine, you can have, you can have that uh, teleprompter or whatever it is that puts your questions on there. But then Dr. Oz said, but because I'm I'm granting that, let's allow for the debate to go an hour and a half as opposed to an hour because it's going to take longer as you ascertain what's being asked. And Fetterman said, no, no. Won't agree. Won't agree. 
It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I just don't know what's going on in this country. But it's insane. How about this deal up in Portland, Oregon? You know, the home of the uh, liberal psychopaths who tried to burn the city down in 2020, even though George Floyd had nothing to do with them and had never lived there, had never tried to kill anybody there like he had in other cities, had never sold or bought drugs in Portland, Oregon like he did in other cities. But they had an, an art festival in Portland, Oregon, that offered race-based admission pricing. This was in an ad for the event. It said black folks, that's what they actually wrote, black folks could attend for free. All other attendees had to pay $80 a piece. What? I always love the liberals who scream and yell for equal treatment. Always equal treatment they want except when they have to pay for something. Then let's give all the minorities everything for free, the liberals will claim. Oh, come on, these black people can't afford the $80. By the way, once again, that is such a racist comment. God, I would be so pissed at liberals if I were black. I hate them and I'm white. Imagine how much you'd hate them if you were black. They don't think I'm smart enough to get an ID, that I'm competent enough to know where the driver's license bureau is. They don't think I can afford an $80 ticket to an art event. And even if you could afford it, why would you pay it? Why would you want to? $80 to go in and view Hunter Biden's drawings? It's like a three-year-old's drawings. But that's what they're telling black people. We know that you can't get a job or, worse yet, you're too lazy to get a job, so we'll let you come in for free. These liberals are the most racist species of human beings you'll ever find. It's just incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable. Black black folks, hey, black folks, you can come in for free. Hey, whitey, get in line and buy that $80 ticket. You too, Cochise, you get in line and buy that $80 ticket. Same goes for you, Jose and Ling Chua. All of you pay 80 bucks, ante up. This isn't a freebie unless you're black folks. It's just for black folks. You racist SOB liberals, you make me sick. My God, they're racist. I'll tell you what. George Wallace had nothing on these people. Nothing. At least he was honest about his racism. It's how he was raised. But he had nothing on these liberals today. I don't ever recall actually George Wallace saying publicly that he thinks black people are too stupid to get an ID or too incompetent to find the driver's license bureau to obtain one. I don't ever remember him saying anything like that. I don't think he ever said that black people can't afford something that white people can afford, an $80 ticket to an art festival. He might have said who in their right mind would go to an art festival. He might have said that, even if it was free. 
I'd make the art festival pay me to come before I'd ever go. Who cares? It would be very interesting, wouldn't it, as our research assistant points out, if you had a biracial couple that wanted to go to the art festival. My God, what would happen? The black person would get in free. The white person would have to pay in the same family. Oh, my. What have we wrought? We're going to start a family squabble. But they don't care. They want you to think that they're all supportive of minorities. Here's what we do. We're so supportive that we we're so supportive that we insult them. Maybe the if it was a black guy and a white girlfriend, the black guy might say, Why don't you wait out in the car, I'll go in. <laughs> go in for free. Now, I haven't seen the Cardinals do that yet, or the Blues. Could it be coming? Probably not. They're too greedy. They want every dollar. But it could happen. I could see it. Disc- gay discount day at the ballpark? It's possible. They've had Ladies' Day at the ballpark forever. I don't know if they still do. When I was a kid, my grandma would take me on Ladies' Day. She liked baseball, and she got in it for a discount. But they never had a Men's Day. I have a friend of mine who's in a he's a uh, his his marriage is biracial. He's white. His wife is uh, black. He said I'd send my wife in and I'd go to a bar to watch a game. <laughs> it's so true. It's so absurd. It's the dumbest. It's the most racist thing I've ever seen in my life. But Ladies' Day is kind of unfair too, isn't it? Ladies' Day at the ballpark. Wait a minute. How come women get a discount? Did you ever get the feeling that being a white man in this country is the most downtrodden group of people that there could be? You don't get anything. Everybody's in line getting freebies and getting handouts, but here comes whitey, white male especially. Get your ass out of here, you white privileged SOB. Yeah, I can see a gay day at the ballpark along with a black day. But then you'd have to really open that can of worms to the Hispanics, the Indians, the Asians, the Jews. That might not be a road you want to go down if you're the Cardinals or the Blues. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You start letting one group in, you got to let them all. Although if you noticed, and you probably haven't because no white man has ever bitched about it until me, and I'm not bitching about it, I don't want a discount to get into the ballgame. But you never noticed men, white men, saying, oh, the women get a discount, how come we can't? But you've heard the women scream and yell at an all-male gym, for instance. The Missouri Athletic Club. It was all-male members until the women started screaming about it. Well, why the hell would you want membership in a place that doesn't want you to begin with? Now, you never heard men scream about, why can't we be a member of New Lady Fitness? Because we don't care. We don't want to go where we're not wanted. It's a pretty basic philosophy, isn't it? But some people were born to bitch. It's what they do. Almost in every case, 
there'll be a liberal attached to their name. But the Cardinals better watch out. They had a gay day at the ballpark. Now, I don't know if they discounted the tickets for that event. But they covered their ass by having a Christian day at the ballpark as well, and I don't know if they discounted the tickets for Christians. They shouldn't. No reason a Christian should get a discount just because they're Christian. I'm Christian. I don't ask for a discount. I just don't go. But if I went, I mean, I've gone to plenty of baseball, hockey, football, any kind of event you want. If I didn't get tickets from someone, I paid. And I didn't couple the paying with, hey, I'm a white guy. Can I get in for free? Or don't you feel sorry for me? My my wife's black and she's too stupid to even get an ID. Can't she get in free? I mean, these people are the ultimate racist, aren't they? The, the I wish there was a stronger word than hypocrisy and hypocrite. It just doesn't seem to do justice to them, does it? It's worse than that. And their stupidity is the, the cream of the crop. It's the cherry on top. They're too dumb to know that claiming that black people can't get an ID is the most racist, insulting comment that you could make about a person. I don't think there's anything easier in this world to obtain than an ID. If there is, I'd like to know what it is. You go buy a gun, you got to get a background check and all this malarkey. You get your driver's license, you got to pass a test. You get an ID, you just walk in. Hey, I'd like an ID. Stand there, please. We'll take your picture. But according to the racist liberals, that's too much to ask of black people. Wow. Like I've said so many times, if I were black, I would hate liberals with a passion. I wouldn't vote for a Democrat to save my life at gunpoint. They are the most bigoted, arrogant, smarmy SOBs on this earth, and they hate black people. Hate you. And they think you're stupid. And if you don't think that, you're stupid. You are stupid. And on that happy note, we'll say goodbye for the day. But we're back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow morning. Always, right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. I promise you the podcast will be up momentarily because I did hit record today. And it'll be hit every day henceforth. I won't do it again. That was really stupid. So we'll be back tomorrow. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.